0: Chapter Thirty of Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Buchos. Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil, by the Viscount of Taunay, translation by James William Wells. Too late. During two whole days Manakao followed the trail of Cirino, and as unerringly as would a sleuth-hound, and by means of the habitual caution engendered by the habits of his wandering life, he succeeded in tracking his victims step by step, without being once observed. Thus he noted that his rival, mounted on his mule, had proceeded to a certain point of the road, and there had waited as if he expected some one to arrive but who failed to appear on going cyrino showed impatience and uneasiness on returning he seemed melancholy distraught with care and absorbed in profound meditation the unhappy youth had indeed gone to the trysting place of cesario in the vain hopes that possibly he might come before the appointed time that time however had now nearly expired and the hour for the abandonment of all hope or the consummation of his happiness was on the eve of its approach ah if with the powers of joshua he could but stay the march of the sun until his saviour resolved to extend to him the hand of help and now the week was ending if cesario appeared not at the finish of the hours then would commence to reign the oath he swore that irrevocable oath i shall destroy myself said Cyrano. they will then at least know that i keep my word with this resolution the youth again left the town traversed the rio paranaiba and as before followed the road of san francisco de sales for about twelve miles The day was clear, most beautiful. From all around sounded the songs of birds. Amidst the bush the cicadas baaed and whistled and whirred, and on the green sward the partridges plaintively cried. Cyrano was extremely agitated and heard nothing of surrounding sounds. His fixed gaze was never removed from the road ahead in the anxious watch for any signs of the bearer of good tidings. Suddenly there fell upon his ear the sounds of someone approaching, the sounds of a galloping horse. His heart beat so violently that it seemed to be in a gallop itself. But alas, the sound came from behind him. Doubtless someone from the town. Cyrano continued his march. The rapid clatter of hoofs indicated some horsemen riding at full speed, and soon it would be seen who was thus riding so furiously in the torrid heat of the day. The youth, however, heeded not, so much so, that he barely glanced at the horseman who passed him by in bounding strides, and almost dashed against Cyrano's animal. Immediately afterwards he heard also the sounds of some horsemen coming from the opposite direction, while the rider who had just passed seemed to have halted a little further on. Sideno now awoke from his lethargy, and, vigorously spurring his animal, presently found himself face to face with Manekau. Instinctively he turned pale, and his rival also changed color. Both men reined in their animals, and intently gazed at one another for some seconds one in suspicion and astonishment the other with ill-concealed fury what are you doing here inquired the muleteer in a tone of provocation i yes you that is good see you not that i am on a journey ah a journey (laughs) on the prowl eh on the prowl no i am no brute beast replied Cyrano warmly at the same time raising the cover of his pistol holster. Then, if you are not a prowler, what are you then? I am what I am, and that does not concern you. The face of Manacau became distorted with rage, and in one bound he brought his horse alongside Cyrano's. when, in a low, harsh voice, he exclaimed, I will tell you then what you are. You are a thief, a very cur. At this insult Sidino drew out his pistol. "'I will shoot you,' he cried excitedly, "'if you continue to thus annoy me.' The muleteer smiled contemptuously. "'Ho-ho!' he jeered. "'How brave we are! We can actually handle a pistol.' "'Let us finish this,' cried Sidonot. "'Let us,' retorted Manical, with seeming calmness. "'But who are you?' asked Sidonot. "'I? "'Yes, you.' "'Then do you not know me?' "'No, no,' stammered Cyrano. "'Do you know Noscencia, then?' thundered Manicão in the loudest tones of his powerful voice, and instantly drawing a long horse-pistol from his belt, he discharged its contents full at the breast of Cyrano, who immediately fell to the earth. Two fierce cries rent the air, one a wail of agony, the other a yell of triumph.' Cyrano, face downwards, was stretched full length on the ground, and although blood was oozing from his mouth, with a great effort he raised his head to confront his implacable foe, who gazed impassively at his victim. Cyrano broke into loud vociferations. Assassin! Villain! Ah, yes, yes, I do know Innocencia. she is mine. Scoundrel, you, you have killed me, but thou hast killed her also. What have I done to thee? Deus will curse thee. Yes, ah, mio Deus, mio Santos, curses upon this assassin. Fly, hide thyself where thou wilt, but my shade shall ever follow thee so much the better calmly observed Manekau from the height of his saddle that is just what i would like ah you would continued Cyrano in a very hoarse voice then so be it by day and by night my shade shall shall be with thee always for forever he ceased for a few moments in a paroxysm of pain and writhed on the ground with the agony of his wound He passed a hand across his brow, already damp with the cold and clammy dews of death. Gradually, as his respiration became more labored, the wild expression of his face changed to one more soft and gentle. "'No,' said he, gravely, and in a tone of resignation, "'I must not die. Thus I must leave this world as a Christian. I must forgive thee, Manikau.' I do forgive thee, for for the sake of Cristo, who died on the cross. I, I forgive thee, Manicao, Nosso Señor, have pity on me. But I forgive thee, Manecao. do you hear? The piteous manner in which the dying man uttered these sentences sensibly affected Manecao, and caused him to glare at his victim with startled eyes of horror, while his frame trembled with agitation as if with considerable effort he hoarsely muttered i want not your forgiveness no matter gently responded Cyrano, it is it is given from my heart take it and welcome it ah poor Innocencia! who knows if if she will not follow me soon ah this agony oh manikau give me water water for the love of deus "'Man, get off your horse! It is a dying man who asks!' With extended arms and appealing looks, for a few moments he pitifully entreated Manikau, and then, raising himself to a sitting posture, he almost screamed, "'Water! Water! Give me water, and I will bless thee!' The muleteer felt huge drops of perspiration trickle down his brow, he wanted to fly but horror held him captive it seemed as if his glaring eyes followed step by step the agonies of his victim that scene appeared to him as a nightmare and a complete torpor deadened his limbs and faculties what aroused him from such a state of trance were the patter of hoofs upon the sandy road Cyrano also heard them, and wistfully and anxiously his eyes glanced in the direction of the sound, while a smile of bitter melancholy stole over his face. Manakau, now thoroughly aroused, immediately clapped spurs to his horse, and in the twinkling of an eye, disappeared in a cloud of dust. At the same moment, in the opposite direction, and rounding a bend of the road, a horseman appeared. Antonio Cesario himself. On seeing a man stretched on the ground, he hastened his movements. "'The doctor!' he exclaimed, horrified at the sight, and hastily dismounting. "'Even I,' replied Cyrano in a faint voice. "'But, Santo Deus!' cried the Miniero, "'who has done thee this foul deed?' And hurrying towards the young man, he knelt by his side and raised the body on his knee. Who was the assassin? No one, murmured the miserable youth. It was destiny. I die content. Give me water, water, and speak to me of—of Innocentia. "'Water, my poor fellow!' exclaimed Cesario, in despair. "'Here, in the midst of the bush, why, the nearest stream is at least twelve miles away!' "'Ah!' Oh, replied Cyrano wearily, "'if there is none to quench the, the thirst of the body, "'stay the cravings of my soul. Inocencia, where is she? Let me see her. "'Ah! Oh, tell her I died for her, for her sake!' but tell me, who is the assassin? anxiously inquired the Miniero. It is not worth mentioning, responded Cyrano in the intervals of his rigors. Think only of, of me. Now, listen, I never did ill to to anyone. I have no, no great sins to, to answer for. Think you that that "'Deus will forgive me?' "'I do indeed,' earnestly responded Cesario. "'What have I done in in my life? "'Perhaps deceived my my fellows in saying I, I was a medical. "'But many have, have I cured. "'Nothing else do I remember.' "'The shades of death came stealing over the face of Cyrano.' The light of life departed from his glazing eyes, his jaw drooped, his nostrils dilated, and a sinister pallor heightened by contrast the dark shades of his hair and beard. Cesario seated himself on the ground in order to give an easier support to the body of the dying man, and two huge tears rolled down his sunburnt cheeks. A slight shiver agitated the body of Cyrano. Now he murmured in a still low voice. My day has arrived, but I ask thee, say nothing. Your goddaughter, do not allow her to to marry Manicao." Then, quickly interrupted Cesario, it was then he who... No, no, but she will be unhappy. Do you hear? Oh, promise me. "'I do promise you, my poor fellow,' sternly replied Cesario. "'I will even swear to—' "'Good, good,' whispered Cyrano, as he heaved a sigh of content. "'Now, welcome, death, the saints of paradise. "'Take me and call for—for—' "'With a final effort, and with his last breath, he gasped in a dying whisper. "'Innocencia! Innocencia!' On the afternoon of that day any traveller passing by that wild bushland would have noticed by the side of the road a newly made grave, and above it a rough cross hastily formed of two stout saplings bound together with the wild vines of the forest. End of chapter 30